Welcome back to season two of Raw and Real. And yes, people, you heard it. Season two, episode two. Today, we're going to have a very, very special interview for you guys. So don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family. And let's enjoy this podcast with our host, the one and only Miguel Aquino. This is Raw and Real. Hey guys, welcome again to the Raw and Real show. Uh, our guest today is a very special one for me. His name is Christopher Hawkins. He has been married for 11 years with two great kids. He's a uh, global vice president of supply chains and operations. He's uh, passionate about having a positive impact on people. His great dream is to raise his family and have his daughters to follow Christ. Christopher Hawkins, welcome to the Ryan Real Show. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for making the time and being here with us. And uh, a big shout out to the audience there. If you, uh, if you guys uh, share this with your family and friends, I totally recommend you for you to share this one and spread it out out there. This is going to be a great conversation with Chris. Hey, Chris, we're just going to dive right in. Okay. How the success looks like for Christopher Hawkins? Um, back when I was younger, I thought success looked like um, making money, having nice things, and then I quickly realized that um, what made me really happy and what, what I thought success was about was having a positive impact on people through my, through my journey at work and, and through my leadership roles. So it wasn't about a title or money, it was just about having a positive impact and helping teach people how to be better at what they were doing. Mm. So with that in mind, can you please describe Who is Christopher Hawkins? <clears throat> I'm, I'm just a normal guy. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm a father. I'm a husband to an amazing wife. Um, I'm, a, I'm a leader in my family. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm, just, I'm just a humble guy. Yeah. yeah. So I met you at work. You know, we, uh, we, worked, uh, we worked together for, I think, about, you said 18 months, right? It was 18 months, yeah. Yeah, so we worked together for 18 months. But let me tell you, Chris, uh, I think by the second month, uh, when I noticed that uh, you were the uh, GM for that company, I noticed your kind of leadership was very different. I noticed some of the uh, giftings that you naturally have and some of the things that you have probably grown and, and, and developed as obviously, you know, our walk Um, on careers that starts uh, moving on, we learn different things. But your style of leadership caught my attention because it was more for like pro people, helping out people, uh, changing the culture, but in a different way. Can you talk to us a little bit about your uh, your career history, some of your titles, some of the things that you some of the things that you did that, that you did in the past? Sure, um, I've been in a leadership I've been in leadership roles for the past 25 years. Um, I started at United Parcel Service in 1996. Worked there for 12 years, um, all the way up from a guy moving packages at night on a night sort to managing the um, the air operations for the for the um, Ontario Airport for UPS. So I had many different roles there. I learned quite a bit working with you know in a in a, in a union environment with Teamsters, and it really teaches you how to um, have patience and have to deal with you know uh, different types of uh, challenges when it comes to non-union versus union. So I learned a lot there um, on how to lead people and how to talk to people and how to treat people. And then after that, I moved on to uh, DHL where I spent 14, 14 years. What was your position on DHL? Um, I started at DHL as an operations manager. 
and within 10 months, I was promoted to a general manager, um, had several different buildings I went to and managed, and then I got promoted to a director um, and traveled all over the company, um, all over the country, did a lot of great things there for the company, um, had a lot of positive impacts on people and, and just I really had a good time. Um, and then I decided to get off the road and, and just kind of slow down. And that's when I went to, went to 3M. Right. So you were, uh, you were going up the ladder. Yes. Can you share with us some of the things that you were doing uh, to help you get up the ladder, get up to the next step for those <clears throat> listeners that are probably uh, are in the same shoes that you are sure. uh, or that you were before? I, I think the way, the, way, the way that I moved up and, and, and how I was able to move up and get these different opportunities and experiences was just about how I built the relationships with both the customers that I was working with and with um, the people that worked with me at the facilities that I managed. Um, I think hum I think being humble and, and having a good relationship with the sanitation person all the way up to the vice president or CEO of the company, it's just, you gotta, you gotta be nice to people. Um, I'm, I'm servant leadership driven. So, you know, when you said pro people, I'm, I'm my kind of my catchphrase is what can I do? How can I help? You know, and, and, and I, I turned when I went to, when I went to DHL and I had the mindset that, you know, people worked for me and I was the manager. And I quickly realized that you get more out of people when you act like you work for them. So the people on the floor, I, I changed my mindset and I was like, you know, I work for them. I'm here to remove barriers so that they can be successful. And once that kind of turned for me, I had just a, a, a much more positive impact on, on people and I got results quicker and things turned around faster and environments became a lot more better, a lot better. And it was just, you know. Right. So when you stepped into DHL, can you describe, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make like a like a quick parenthesis here just to talk a little bit about DHL and then I sure. want to go back to that place where you pretty much stepped down to go to DHL. We're gonna touch base on uh, the reason why you stepped down. But uh, how was the culture when you stepped into DHL? Where uh, that's where we met. The building was uh, it was lost. There was there was um, the culture wasn't good. Um, the environment wasn't healthy. There was, uh, there was conflict between people. There was, um, a, a lot of, a lot of anger. Um, I can't really put my thumb on it exactly, but you could just, you can walk into a place and know it feels good and you can walk into a place that doesn't feel good. And there's a clear, distinct difference on right. the, the, the reason why I'm asking a little bit more into details is because sure. they may be a manager, they may be an OM or a general manager listening to this. And I want them to probably open up the eyes and we, with the way you describe it, you know, I walked in and I felt this, I walked in and I was able to see these things that they were not right. And those are the things that I needed to attack right away. So she, uh, things can start shifting towards the right direction. The first thing that I noticed and that um, I, I started to change was I, I watched some of the leadership team walk in and not acknowledge the people that were working for them. Um, you didn't get to spend much time up in the front office, but when I walked into work and I felt that that vibe wasn't where it needed to be at and it was kind of negative, I made sure that before I went and set my backpack down and set my computer up that I walked in and I said hi and good morning to every single person in, in the front office. 
um, before I went and, and started my day. That right there, I got feedback on and had a huge impact on people and set the tone for the day. Um, I talked to them about what they did last night, what they were working on, did they need anything? Did you go to Starbucks this morning? You know, what'd you do yesterday? Just having that type of dialogue with somebody before you start your day, it, it's a, it has a monumental impact on, on how their day's gonna go. And then it also sets the tone for my day. I know if someone's struggling, I know if someone's doing good, um, I know if someone needs some help, and then I, I start acting on that. And then when I left the front office and I went out to the floor, I made sure I said hi to every single person I passed. When I got there and I was doing my analysis on, on things and I would see some of the management team, some of the leads walk by people and not even acknowledge them. And they hadn't seen them yet that day. And that, that's, that's huge. People, people have to know that you care and that you know, you're there and, and you, that, that's family. You spend more time at work than you do at home sometimes. And you got to treat those people like family. Right, right. So right away, you started doing something, pretty much being that uh, servant leadership, as you spoke earlier, in, uh, in trying to build these relationships, breaking mm -hmm. a lot of barriers, yeah. just uh, talking to people and, build, and building relationships with them. Sure. Uh, what, uh, on your, let's say, from your eyes, what is that going to help you with? you sitting at the GM at the GM office and probably me working on the floor what does that really help you with building those relationships or even just talking to people it's going to change people's attitude at work when you have people that have negative attitudes and you're not engaging in them that negative that negative attitude and that environment spreads all over the warehouse and then everybody's negative and and, and you have to set the tone when you're the leader and there are people looking up to you. You have to be positive. You have to communicate. You have to over-communicate. You have to engage people. Um, another thing, I got feedback from some of the, the people on the floor that previous leaders before me didn't even know their name. It's always been, it's always been one of the things that I need to do first when I go into somewhere and it's not where it needs to be at or I, I, I inherit a new opportunity i you have to learn everybody's name there's 165 people in that building mm -hmm. and i made it a point to learn every single person's name and if they had kids uh what they were passionate about their sports what whatever i i, I learned something about them and that's important that makes people feel like that that you care about them right you know uh you just reminded me of a lot of different things that happen within uh the COVID season and uh you 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 did a lot of different uh things and yeah, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about the COVID season when everything everything got hit, with all of us, the whole world got hit with, with COVID, nobody really knew. Nobody really knew what to do. Nobody really know, I mean, what, to, what direction to go or, or whatever. There was not really, uh, this is the right direction to go. Um, what were some of the things that you implemented right away? Uh, obviously, I mean, uh, as being a general manager on that facility, um, Besides just um, probably encouraging people and, and putting your face out there that, okay, this is what's going on. This is what we're doing for the building. Besides that, uh, there are some things that come to my mind. And we lost a couple, I think, a couple uh, co-workers while you were there. We did. Yeah. Well, I think before COVID hit, um, one of the things that I wanted to do and one of the biggest things I did was... I put that 20 foot high, 60 foot wide mural up on the on the wall 
down the main travel aisle that basically told everybody what servant leadership was about, right? The employee was in the race car and the people that were working on the race car and changing the tires and fueling it up were the leaders and the managers and the GM and the OM and the director, all that. I wanted that to speak volumes about what I was about. And I thought that I found that DHL, you know, picture and I put those names on it and I put that up and I wanted people to see it every day and I wanted it to be in their face. But that was what I was about. Servant leadership, humble, what can I do? How can I help? I'm here to make you successful. And I feel like that, I probably had a hundred people come up to me and, and thank me for putting that up. Yes, because you were delivering the right message without really have, speaking a word. <clears throat> I catch that. I mean, when I saw that picture and I catch it like right away and I'm like, wow, so this guy is about pretty much in a way thinking he is going to give us everything we need for us to be successful or whatever we needed to do. He's going to make it easier for us, which uh, sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes we don't get that from management. What can you tell those managers or uh, those people in charge? What can you tell them? It's, it's not about the title or about the role or about them. It needs to be about the people that they're, that are, that they're leading and that are getting the job done, right? The most important people um, that you have and that you're, that you're leading are the people that are on the front line, that are moving the boxes from A to B, loading the trucks. Those are the people that are making the business happen. Not me. I'm there to facilitate things and, and manage them and oversee them and escalate and drive the, the vision, but they're the ones that are doing the job and making the things happen. You have to invest your time and you have to help them be successful. And then the business is successful after that. Right. So one of the things, I mean, uh, to the little bit that I know, when it comes down to managing a whole facility, one of the things that I know is a financial part of it. There's so much money that you can spend for pretty much for, for, for the entire warehouse or the entire facility. Um, how did that play a role when it came down to you? Because I noticed, and th this was just my perspective, I noticed that you were one of the uh, GMs that spent the most money on people. Yep. What kind of impact does that make? Or, or, or how is that even possible when, when you try to manage all, all these different things where money goes? I mean, bills, uh, probably rent on, on, of the building, and, and then still, you still being there for your, for, for, for your people and uh, bringing, more, uh, bringing maybe more equipment that's going to facilitate and just going to make things uh, go smoother and better. Sure. You know, I mean, how can we find a balance there? People are an investment. Um, is there a budget? Sure, there's a budget. Um, but in that aspect of taking care of the people, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times people undercut that budget to do better and make more money, but in actuality, they're losing money. So when you don't spend the money you should spend on your employees, when you don't do that, it looks like you saved money to the bottom line, but when you invest more money into people, you get more out of them, and then you make that much more money. So my, my reputation there and what you just said, oh, he spends tons of money on the employees. Well, I get it in return and tenfold. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Um, food, barbecues, you know, would, would these people, would you, if you brought these people to your house, would you feed them crappy hot dogs and hamburgers? No, if I'm gonna bring somebody to my house and, and break bread with them, I want them to have quality food that I would serve. That's why I had the barbecue trucks and the, and the 
amazing taco guys and the, and the Respado guy. And those are things that I enjoy. That's the food I like to eat. So I wanted to share that with my family. And, and I truly think that the people that worked for me were my family. Mm. And, I, and that's how I, my mindset was. And if they didn't think I was family to them, I didn't care. I just wanted them to know that I cared about them like they were my brother and my sister. Right. And, and, and it truly felt that because I was there, you know, uh, during that time. Uh, it truly felt like, like that way. And I was able to see how the culture internally within the building and, and the people, that, the co-workers, they started shifting and started uh, changing. Uh, some of the comments were that, uh, uh, wow, we finally have someone that cares for us. That was all some of the comments. How, how sad is that? Yeah. That, that's, or, that's difficult to hear. Yeah. Or, or like, wow, you know, I mean, I, I'm finally, I can see myself moving up in this company because of one person changed and started changing from the top. It started working on changing the culture, having the right perspective, having the right vision for the people. So let me tell you how I did that. <clears throat> I'll, get, I'll tell you what I did. When, when I was younger, um, I, I worked two jobs for quite a long time. When I was working at UPS part-time, I also worked at Trader Joe's. I worked at a grocery store. Wow. And I wanted to do a beta test. I wanted, to, I wanted to see something, and I wanted to see how it impacted the customers. So I told my boss, I'm going to do something for the next month. The customers that I, that I see, I'm going to start giving them, paying them a compliment when they come into the store. And just see if they come back in on the days that I work and see if they come more often and see if they buy more. I, and, and it was just a beta test. I just wanted to see. And I started doing it. And I worked for Trader Joe's for, for eight years. And I, I started paying people compliments. I started proactively going and talking to customers on the floor and asking if they found everything okay. Because you know when you go into a store, you don't get engaged by people. Home right. Depot, you're waving your hands to try and get someone to help you. <laughs> that is so true. So I, I told my boss I hated that, and I wanted to change that and see what it did. And it, and it, it was amazing. Um, sales on the days that I worked started to increase, and we were tracking it. And this was the manager of the, of the store, and he was a really influential guy for me. I really had a good time working for him, but... Um, when I left Trader Joe's and the customers that I had built a relationship with um, found out, um, showed up in, in, in mass quantities on my last day. And there was probably, the last two days I worked there, there was probably 80 customers that showed up that would only come to work, or only come to the store on the days that I worked, and they would only come through my line and would be very vocal about it and tell the manager. And it was... It was then that I knew that when you started taking care of people and started being positive and paying compliments and learning about them, they would come in and, and, and feed off of you, you know? So I, I took that kind of that learning and I applied it at UPS and I applied it at DHL and it works. So wow. I, things that I've learned and I've implemented and we tried and, you know, and if yeah. it works, I, 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 I run with it. And I want to say this uh, for myself personally. I, I learned so much about you, uh, specifically how to uh, really care more for people. Because sometimes we say, oh, yeah, I care for people. But uh, you don't really just say it. You got to show it. Sure. And that's what I saw from you. You know, so how can I show? How can I act upon the saying of me saying I care for you? It's more about acting. It's not really so much about saying how much you care. It's more about doing Absolutely. the things that are going to show that, I, hey, I do care for you. 
you know, uh, like like you said right now, that I mean, that blow my mind when you said, you know, I want people to eat the food that I eat. I I want them to feel like they're at my house, and I want how am I gonna feed them? Right. What am I gonna give them? Right. So that that speaks uh, it speaks tons, 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 tons for me. One of the things that uh, only you did was uh, you brought books, brought books to the leadership on on, on that on that place on on that facility. And that blew my mind because I was always eager and hungry to learn more about the leadership role. Sure. You know, and uh, leadership 100. And I think one day, the leader 100X, uh, when he talks about the Sherpas, uh, the yeah. other uh, win, lead. Oh, oh, I mean, that information, it's not just information, but when you see that your leader hands you a book that he's actually leading, that becomes more reality. And it makes me want to follow that leader. It makes me want to learn from that leader. I think sure. we had a, we had a conversation. Uh, I think one of the, our earliest conversation, I think was like probably our first or second conversation that we had. And it's like, Chris, I want to learn from you because I have seen the way you lead. I want to learn from you. That's, that's awesome. And that's a huge compliment, right? Even being here today and having you invite me to your podcast is, is I was, you know, floored. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful and humble that you've done this and, and you want to learn about my experience and what works for me. And you've seen that and, you know, very humbled that you've seen that and you want to follow, you know, my vision, if you will, or how I lead the, the facility or how I lead people. And, you know, it, it, you, you got to care about people and you've got to, you've got to show an interest in them. If you want something in return at work, it's just like, you can tell your wife that you love her, but you have to show her as well, right? Awesome. When she dumps that big pile of laundry next to you when you're sitting on the couch, you get up and you fold it, right? Right? Because she's tired and she's folded four loads. So it's not about just saying, hey, I appreciate you. And it's also not about, there's other leaders that I've seen that have spent a lot of money, but they don't, they don't engage and talk and they could go buy a, a, an expensive barbecue and then, you know, then you're buying the people, right? People don't want to be bought. They want to be invested in. And people are not dumb. You know, we, we, no. we, we, we catch those things in the air. We, we, yeah. we can see when someone is just trying to uh, buy you, then when someone that is really like, hey, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, uh, can I sit at your table because I want to have a conversation? I noticed you doing those things many times, many times. I mean, uh, every single time we had a barbecue, every single time we had taco guy, every single time we had food, you were there at the break room and breaking bread with people, connecting with people, you know, asking them how they like it. I mean, asking them about their, their kids and everything. Yeah. And I think building those relationships is going to help you, you know, because you're helping them and they're going to help you to even look better. Obviously, sure. that's not the intention. You know, the intention is to like really be that servant leader. Sure. Right. So. Let's pause this for a moment, and I want to go back to that moment where I mean, you were this big shot guy. Mm -hmm. You know what was it? What was your title back then? Uh, director. Yeah, I was a director. Yep. Director, right? But and then you stepped down to become a general manager at DHL. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Why did you make that decision? Of you were escalating the ladder, as as you know, probably one of us would like to do it. But and then you made the decision of like, okay, you know what? I need to step down. I was doing I was doing multiple startups for a, a company uh, for a company that we were you know managing their supply chain. Um, had two successful ones. The third one um, wasn't successful. There was a lot that happened, and um, I was on that year. I was on a plane 
I was traveling 42 weeks that year out of the 52 weeks. I was on a plane or in a hotel. I was away from my, my wife and my kids for the longest stint was two and a half months. I didn't see my wife and kids and it just, I, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to, I wanted to not be on the road as much. And then I got into a, a really bad car accident uh, driving to the airport from a, from a work meeting and I almost died. I got into a head-on collision with a big rig at 3.30 in the morning heading to the airport and um, had broken my back and had been in the hospital for almost 20 days and had um, uh, lower back fusion and I got home and that was probably the most humbling experience. And I think that was God telling me that that job wasn't important anymore and that my, my, my sanity and my relationship with my wife and kids was way more important than that. And it wasn't about a paycheck and a title and, and, and this and that. And I just, you know, I wanted to get off the road and I got off the road and that's what I did. And I went back and, and, and uh, honed in my skills and, and went and I got to a chance to go to 3M and, and get that place dialed in and where it needed to be at because I knew it was struggling. I knew the person that was there before me wasn't doing a good job from a, from a cultural perspective and that place was starving for that. And, I, and I, I tried to do the best that I could to go in there and feed everybody that servant leadership. What did your wife say? When she was ecstatic. Made, when you made the decision of stepping down? I didn't step down. I just, I stepped Change. over. Yeah, stepped, I just stepped over. I didn't okay. step down, I stepped over. And um, she was ecstatic about it. And she, my wife just wants me to be happy. And she could see. Did she ever say, hey, you know what, Chris, you're traveling too much? Did, did she ever, like, mention any? Did she ever mention anything? You know, while yeah, you were she, at home, sure. and, I mean, away from home and all those things. Sure, she mentioned it, but she, she knew that I was on the road strictly for my kids and her. She knew that it wasn't about me. It was about me feeding my kids and my wife and providing a roof over their head and, and being, the, being the, you know, the provider, the, the provider the and the leader at the house. And she knew it wasn't about me f feeding my ego or having to get a another title or another promotion or trying to do that. It was just about me taking care of my family. And she knew that. That's why she was so supportive. I have the best wife. She's the most supportive person. So with that that you just described, pretty much, I mean, you were just doing your job. Yeah. And the positioning and the titles, they were just coming to you. They were because, because my quote unquote recipe for success was working. Um, the, the way I built relationships with the customers was um, building confidence for them in us. And they wanted me to be a part of their their startup or their success or their part of their team to get their supply chain where it needed to be at. And you know, I worked with a lot of great customers, um, a lot of influential people. I still talk to a lot of them, um, and and we follow up with each other. And it, you know, I miss I miss a lot of them, but I think it was the way I built relationships with people um, that that got me shooting up the ladder, if you will. But Again, it's not always about the title or the money or the prestige. It's just about the people you have a positive impact on through your journey and leadership. And that's why I'm asking that question. Because there's a lot of people that are after the title, they are after the position, and they fight, they fight, they fight, and they probably will get there, but with the wrong mentality. Right. Right. You have to show people you care about them 
and, and they will start to care about you and the business and their job because they know that you are investing in them. Um, you know how many people at, that, at, at, at 3M cared about my title? Nobody. No one cares that you know, you're this or you're that. They, they care about what you're going to do for them to help them, right? And that's what it's about. And, and, and you want to talk about, you know, I know I've handed you some good books. Um, I've handed a lot of people some good books. And I don't just go get the next one that's coming down the, the pike. I, I get ones that I read that I think are good for that moment in time and what's needed at that time. But the best leadership book you can, you can crack open and, and look into is, is the Bible. You want to get some good leadership tips and skills and lessons, you open up the Bible and, and, and start to read that, you know? When you look at Jesus Christ and, and how he was and, he, you know, he's washing peasants' feet, showing people that he's, he's one of them, that's really what it's about. So, it's, it's, it's the act, not so much of the saying. Right, right, right. Hey, Chris, uh, looking back in time, if you look at your younger self, 10, 20, 30, whatever years you want to add, Mm -hmm. uh, with all of this that you have shared, what piece of advice would you share with little Chris? The people that had the most influential part of my development um, in life, I wish I would have thanked them more or pulled them aside and said, hey, you know what? I worked with you. I did this with you. You had a monumental impact in my career, in my development, in my life, period. I, I, I would have, I would give a younger person that, that advice to thank the people that have had an impact on you. It, 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 it's powerful and it makes people feel good. Did you not think enough the people that were helping you throughout your journey? Yeah, I can give you, I can give you two examples. Um, I played, I played water polo in high school and the coach that uh, coached us was amazing. Um, there's one story where he, uh, we were struggling at learning um, a drill and he was yelling at us from the side of the pool and he was in his, he was in his work clothes. He was, he was a teacher too. He jumped in the pool, fully clothed. He took his shoes off, jumped in the pool, took his shirt off and he had his work slacks on and jumped in the pool and spent an hour with us working on this drill. Um, that helped us tremendously. I, you know, I, I, I did some great things in water polo when I was in high school. Um, but that just him caring about us and about our success that way and jumping in the pool fully clothed, I wish I would have thanked him for that. But that, cause that showed me like, if you really care about something, you're going to dive right in and help people, you know? And then the manager I had at Trader Joe's, um, his name was Michael Greer. Um, he had a huge impact on me and he was servant. He was Christian. Um, he cared about people and I learned a lot from him and I didn't get to thank him enough for the impact he had on me. You know what, on that thanking enough to you, to the people that is influencing you in the positive way, I always have this question, how can I thank them? Is it just saying thank you? Is it uh, maybe buying them a gift? You know, for this is gonna help a lot of leaders that are listening to this, Chris, because I always have that question, about how can I thank this leader that I'm so grateful for whatever, I mean, it can be that they spend 10 minutes with me, but I'm grateful for just 10 minutes. What, what, what do you think some of the ways that as, uh, as the mentee can uh, thank that mentor that the person is interacting with? Pull them aside immediately and tell them. Pull them off of, pull them off of a sales floor 
pull them out of a production line and, and, and tell them, pull them, pull them aside and tell them how, how much of a positive impact you have on them. Send them an email, write them a letter. Um, I, you know, I, I don't buy anybody anything. I'm not, I don't, you know, again, I'm not about like buying people's love <laughs> or anything like that, but, but just give, give good immediate feedback, you know, good immediate feedback goes such a long way, you know? And I, and did I thank that guy? Yeah. I, 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 I told him that I appreciated him and I, and he was the best manager I've ever had and things like that. But I never got to pull him aside and sit down with him and tell him these things that you've done for me, that you've done and what you do has had a monumental impact on me. I never got to do that. Mm. And you should do that. If you have somebody that's influential and is, and is, is showing you the light, you, you pull them aside and thank them for that. And that's going to motivate them to continue to do that, right? Right. And, so. and, and, and another thing that I think too is uh, the actions that as a mentee you're taking, right? You sure. know, that you are actually learning from that, from that person. And, and, and um, I think some, you know, like a, uh, ask for feedback, I think it's a way, in, in a way, is, is, is uh, thinking, you know. Sure. You know, showing that I appreciate you, uh, you know, as a leader, I appreciate, I see everything that you're doing. And uh, is there any kind of feedback that you have for me? You know, so uh, the feedback I, I see is not only for me to get better, but uh, is the feedback is also telling that leader, hey, I see the way you do things. I want to learn from you in a way. When people hear that, because not enough good leaders hear that enough. When people hear that, it's it's huge for them, you know, because it's a thank. Sometimes it's a thankless job, right? But but you're doing it for yourself and the greater good, right? And and it's good to it's good to. I, I can't stress it enough. Pulling people aside and thanking them for how great of an impact they've had on your life or on your on your career or anything like that. It, it's just. It's just the right thing to do. It is. And we don't do enough of it. Right. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Chris, and then um, after uh, working 18 months, you have moved on to uh, to another uh, facility, I guess. And uh, you seem happy. I am. You know, and uh, I just want to thank you publicly for, for everything and all the, uh, not only information, but for everything that you pour into us and you pour into me. Especially, you know, when you come down to uh, leading the right way, you know, leading the right way, how, yeah. how to build these relationships, how to, how to start thinking more positive instead of uh, negative, right. even though the world can be uh, falling apart yeah. around us, you know, but still thinking uh, that there's opportunities, that there's opportunities that we can, uh, uh, you know, uh, take care of. And, and, and how can we help people? How can we be better? for our people and not only for ourselves. Right. It's a selfless, I think selfless uh, leadership is about a selfless uh, job or selfless uh, perspective, not only things about me. Yeah. Uh, before we close, Chris, is there anything that you'd like to share with the audience before uh, we end our conversation? Yeah, since we're talking about thanking people, I want to thank you for this opportunity. And I want to thank you for the feedback you've given me. Um, I've taken that feedback. I took it at work. Um, I've taken it now that I'm moved on and this is truly a blessing for me to come here and, and, and share some of my, my background, my insight and, you know, some of the stories about, about leadership and being raw and real on your podcast. <laughs> right. So yeah. thank you. Um, this is, this is a big deal for me, you know? Um, so I, I appreciate everything. 
stuff. Well, for me also, it's a big deal for our listeners. Thank you again for tuning in and for uh, listening to our conversation with Christopher Hawkins. I, I encourage you to go and share this with your family, share this with your friends. If you're in a leadership role, play this again and again and again. It's going to help you so much. Guys, until next time. Thank you.